0: I felt guilty for even living, felt like I was nothing, but when I tried to be a good person, I kept finding myself in really bad positions where I did things to make me hate myself even more. Real life starts now. This is
1: Hi, this is Evangelistan Lay. Welcome to The Real Life Radio Show. We're gonna talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Recently, we've been talking about self-hatred and how it can be cultivated in anyone's life. Self-hatred can come from low self-esteem or even from being raised in an emotionally abusive home. Where in our last show, we had Susie Yelvington reveal how she grew up always being blamed for her birth and was told many times that she was a mistake. She grew up with feelings of guilt and self-hatred, tried to take her life at the age of 16, imagining the moment when her mom would find her dead and realize her value. As she got older, she tried to silence the feelings of self-hatred by being a really good person and to please other people. She attracted a man who seemed wonderful at first, but then turned bad when he started verbal and emotional abuse towards her. Today, she's going to share how things got worse before they got better, and we're going to learn how she overcame the self-hatred. Susie? Welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. Susie, it's great having you back. And I think we're going to learn a lot for the listeners who have ever had a moment of self-hatred or self-loathing. I want to real quick recap and go back to your first marriage there. He was verbally abusing you, calling you names out of some jealousy, things like that. But I understand that it even got physical and he started introducing drugs into the relationship. Tell me about that.
0: Well, we're kind of bored with each other in a very short period of time in our marriage. Mm-hmm. So he started introducing us to marijuana and all different degrees of smoking pot, water pipes, rolling pot. He started buying it, bringing it into our home. It just made things, of course, worse.
1: Wow. So it's making things worse. I understand that it got to a point where he was kind of using you. You were working full time. Yes. And then he's sitting at home smoking pot. Tell me about that.
0: Well, he had a real great job, and for some strange reason, he lost it. He started thinking that the better job might be purchase pot and resell it. So I came home one time and found a huge thing, of pot, a pound or a kilo, whatever they called it in our house. And I just was overwhelmed in thinking, what is happening to our life? Can it get worse? And of course it did, because with him smoking pot, he was more abusive, started getting into pornography and Everything was just a mess.
1: Wow. I understand you caught him, not only with pornography, but like strip clubs and things like that as well.
0: Yes, I caught him going to strip clubs. You know, when I couldn't find him, I found his car. At a strip club, I'd go in and confront him. But the problem was that he started wanting to bring me to the strip club so I can maybe learn how to dance like the girls did for him.
1: So here he is training this person in your mind. I'm this good girl. Yeah. But then now you're doing things against your conscience. You're doing things that you don't want to do.
0: Right. In order to keep his attention, you kind of think when you're growing up that way, this is what I need to do to keep a man's attention in your life. With pornography or going to strip clubs, drugs, whatever, drinking too much, it makes things worse. And you don't realize yet.
1: And I understand you're kind of afraid of him a little bit. Oh, yes. You felt so devalued in your marriage. And then his best friend was kind of sticking up for you during this time.
0: Yes, because he was abusive with his words, grabbing, holding your arm and shaking you and just out of anger issues. One of his friends started feeling sorry for me because he saw me as a better woman than the way I was being treated.
1: And I understand he made an advance towards you.
0: Yes, he did. Unfortunately, I fell into that trap of going with him.
1: So basically, he was like, I'll treat you better, be with me. And there was a moment of not only emotional adultery, but actual adultery that made you feel even worse about yourself.
0: Well, even if it's a bad person that you're doing something bad against, you're really doing it against yourself. like you go against your own self-respect of things that you thought you would never do because I was trying to be a good girl so all the things I wanted to do to be good I did all the opposite and did everything wrong I just couldn't believe it and that enhances your self-hatred and your rejection feeling which goes into depression
1: so these feelings led to wanting to end your life again is that right like how did you inflict self-pain during this time
0: Well, actually, he's the one that wanted to go to this couple's house where they all went into swapping.
1: Oh, like trading marital partners to have flings with.
0: Right. So when I realized what was going on with that situation, I snuck and left the party and went home. Of course, he got more verbally abusive. I was the baby. I was the horror that left. Things that you can't even put in your head because you don't think that way. And after that incident, yes, of course, I tried to take my life by slitting my wrist, And I just thought, I need to end my life. I need to get out of this situation because everything was self-hatred, deadly emotions. Everything was wrong.
1: Why did, for you, slitting the wrist was like pleasurable in that moment for you? Was it that case?
0: I don't know. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have pills. I didn't have really any alcohol at that house. So I thought about, well, I'm just going to slit my wrist and be done for once and for all because the time I tried to kill myself before it didn't work, I actually wanted this to work.
1: Wow. So basically, it was an unsuccessful attempt to take your life.
0: Well, I kind of looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, maybe this is not the answer. You've tried this before. So I put the razor down and I tried to reason with myself to just maybe try to get out of the marriage.
1: Wow. Now, I understand your marriage did end. It did. He found out. You ended up moving home for a time. Yes. And then you got into another disastrous relationship. Tell us about that.
0: Well, it didn't start off that way. I thought it was going to be a great relationship, but then the person that I ended up being with was a gambler.
1: Well, it's always great at the beginning, isn't it?
0: Oh, It's always great in the beginning, but at least the man was not abusive with his words or his actions, but
1: he was a game
0: player, a huge gambler, and I fell into that trap. I moved out of my parents' house and moved in with him, trying to start a clean slate with a brand new relationship, but of course, it didn't work.
1: Wow. Now, he introduced you to a new substance, cocaine.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell us about that. Right. Well, actually, I felt great when I first started using cocaine, but then I realized you kind of mentally like it because it makes you feel so good. Then I continued to add it into my daily life that got the best of me because then I got real sick from doing too much cocaine. I started to think wrong and I got mononucleosis, which I was real sick for like six weeks where I couldn't go anywhere, I couldn't work, because my immune system just got so low from doing drugs. Then I felt like I was in a bigger trap, and of course, the self-hatred never left. I was just trying to band-aid it, like you said, with drugs and pills, and it doesn't work.
1: Dang, so you're just like stuck to this stuff, and so your life is basically spiraling down into a very bad situation. Now, what was the moment everything turned around for you? How did you get out of this mess?
0: I knew that he wasn't being true or honest with me. So I made a plan and I moved back home to my parents' house again after a couple of years.
1: Did faith make a change for you somewhere in this?
0: Well, my ex-husband gave me a little book, told me that I was extremely evil and that I needed to read this book. And it was the Bible, <laughs> which I never, ever thought about reading the Bible. I put it on my counter at work when I was in hairdressing school and a woman came in and asked me if I knew Jesus Christ. If I was born again, I said, no. I said, what is that, reincarnated? She laughed. Mm. I didn't have any faith, really. I mean, I was raised in a religion, but I didn't know God. I had no idea about anything about God because I was doing drugs, watching pornography, doing all the wrong stuff. No, I had no desire to even follow God.
1: Wow. You know what? Let's stop here. I want to have you on our next show to talk about how you had this great turnaround. And I understand you found faith in Jesus Christ. Susie, thanks so much for being super real with us on the Real Life Radio Show. We're learning so much. And thanks again so much for sharing with everything that happened before Christ.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
1: Hold on. I want to share some deeper thoughts regarding low self-esteem right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones, and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict, and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right, and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, maybe 25 maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're gonna go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, this is a story of not knowing who you are can lead to a vacuum that will need to be filled. And for Susie, she was doing all the right things, yet she still hated herself. that led to doing things that would further make it worse. Imagine the moment she cheated on her husband and then she started doing cocaine, which at that point, if she hated herself before, now she has even more reasons to hate herself and her decisions. It sounds like her guilt became a cycle, where she would feel guilty, made poor decisions, then found herself having worse guilt than before. Her heart was becoming colder and colder. Every move towards darkness made her more stuck to those feelings of self-hatred. I'm sure when she was a child, she never imagined that she would become addicted to drugs, would commit adultery, and would end up in a divorce. Then she came to a point of wanting to end her life, which would be a grave mistake. Spiritually, what is going on right in the middle of Susie's addiction? I believe the enemy of her soul, Satan, had planted temptations and things in her life designed to destroy her destiny. From the beginning, when she was being told she was a mistake, this was Satan's ultimate plan to destroy Susie's life and to destroy her destiny of truly knowing the Lord our God. It is written in Matthew 13, 15, For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears that they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. The thing that was making the people's hearts to become dull was sin. Sin was making Susie's heart become hard of hearing, probably ignoring the rebukes and warning signs. It was closing her eyes to the pain she was causing herself and others. It was causing her understanding to shift into a darker mindset, saying things like, well, I tried being good and that didn't work, so I'm going to be evil. This is a pathway to this Bible verse in Isaiah 5.20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Susie came to this place where the wrath of God was clearly on her life, where she was shunning, being good, and now loving to do evil. Cocaine stepped right into her life and became her slave master. This was Satan's plan from the beginning of Susie's life. But thank God she came to know the one who had set her free and that is Jesus Christ himself. How about you? Are you stuck in feelings of self-hatred? Are you thinking that sin isn't a big deal, but you know it's making your heart grow cold and unfeeling? Father God, we come to you, Lord. And if there's someone who's saying, "Gosh, my heart is growing callous. I need a new heart." Lord Jesus, we offer you the cold, callous heart right now, and we're asking Lord God to bring a new heart, a heart that can feel again ask for this in Jesus' money name. I hope you were blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you have a testimony to share or know someone who does and would like to share it on our
0: show, go to AwakeningTheNations.com and click Guest Audition on the top menu. See you next time.